Welcome to the 40 Under 40 podcast with your hosts, Caitlin Cromit and AJ McQuarrie. They are two entrepreneurs who speak to other entrepreneurs under the age of 40, so you can learn from their successes and failures along their journeys of building businesses. 40 Under 40 podcast hopes to educate, motivate, and inspire people to pursue their dreams of starting a business, regardless of age. And now, here are your hosts, Caitlin and AJ. Welcome back to the 40 <laughs> Under 40 podcast. Yeah, we back, folks. We back again. <laughs> we keep doing this, Caitlin. We keep coming back and we don't <laughs> stop. <laughs> it's getting exhausting. No, I'm just kidding. I'm loving this so much. It's actually really not. It's been fun. No, it's been a lot of fun. Great conversations. But yeah, I mean, in general, there's a lot going on. There is a lot going on in life. What are you doing for some rest and relaxation lately? R&R. Um, you know, I like to do some, I try and do some yoga now and again. Nice. I went to this great sound bath recently. Oh, well, well plug for my neighbor, Nancy, who happens to be our guest today. Oh, wow. That worked out well. Um, I what went to sound. Like? It was incredible. I don't know if you've ever been to one, but that was my first sound bath. And it literally felt like you were taking a bath in sound. Like you actually, I don't even know how to describe it, but the sound just kind of overcomes your body. Is it wet? Like, are you getting, are you? <laughs> no, no, no. It's not wet. You're just laying there in various poses and there's like sound. So that's all I got for you. You really have to experience it. I'm really bad at explaining it. Well, maybe Nancy will explain it. Maybe Nancy will. So Nancy Poole is one of my great neighbors here in San Pedro, California. She's a 200 hour registered yoga teacher with Yoga Alliance. She teaches creative and unique Hatha yoga that incorporates flexibility, strength, and most importantly, mindfulness. Off the mat, Nancy is a director of operations for healthcare company. She graduated from UCLA and got her post-baccalaureate in pre-med from the Charles R. Drew University of Medicine and Science. Cool. Wow. Very yeah. cool. So, so she's amazing. like employee turned entrepreneur. Yeah. I can't wait to learn more. Um, let's let's just bring her let's on. Let's bring her on. Nancy, welcome. Hi. Welcome. Tell us how you went from employee to now entrepreneur. Yeah. And kind of juggling both. Yeah. Um, I've worked in healthcare for 15 years. So like the last two and a half years in home care, which is a different beast. And I basically felt like I climbed the ladder. I started as like an admin assistant. I grew to become a manager at UCLA. That was probably my first manager role straight out of college, climbed the ladder in essence for what, 15 years and leaving it all behind to pursue something that I'm more passionate about. Um, and it's always been a dream of mine to open my own yoga studio. Um, I, I, first discovered yoga um, and wellness when I was actually a freshman in college. Um, and I just couldn't focus. There's just a lot of things, a lot of new things, new environments, trying to find a workout routine. Um, and I signed up for a couple of classes and just felt myself feeling better. Um, and I didn't really know what it was until I recognized the change in my routine. And my routine was going to yoga almost every other day. Um, so the physical aspect of it is just icing on the cake, but um, it was also this mental discovery too. So it's been, I probably want to wow. say 15 years in the making. Wow. Oh my gosh. 
That's so yep. cool. And and then you became a certified teacher, instructor, right? Correct. Yeah. I actually, I became a certified yoga teacher during the pandemic. And luckily I was actually able to do an in-person one. I don't no shade to like the, the online versions and everything. I know with the pandemic, it's kind of necessary, um, but I was fortunate enough to still be amongst a group, a cohort of uh, yoga teachers, aspiring yoga teachers and become certified in person in Joshua Tree. So that's pretty cool. Oh my gosh. That's so Ooh, cool. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. So tell us what's your business, Nancy, tell us what you've just started, what you've just begun and give us a little synopsis. Of, Let's start of with the basics. The, basi- the very basics. <laughs> yeah. So I, um, I am a yoga teacher, um, and I opened a yoga and wellness studio here in San Pedro, California. So, um, we have yoga classes, we have wellness classes, we have sound baths, um, and really it's, it's not just fitness. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's all of the things that really, um, allow students who do enroll in some of our classes to enjoy an experience, a community of, um, wellness and a little bit of fitness and maybe a little bit of meditation. Um, my business is called the hollow collective, um, because hollow is, an, um, I think it's a prefix that means whole. Um, so it's the whole collective of classes, not just yoga, but I am a yoga teacher. So that's where the center of the types of classes we have is really centered around yoga. Love it. Very yeah. Cool. And I went to one of her sound baths and it was absolutely amazing. So that was oh. my first time ever doing one. And I was like, this you were like, good. we beat her on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Let's do a sound bath. Let's do it all. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> so the feedback and your experience, just I, because you said it was your first sound bath ever. I'm curious what that feedback is. Was it intimidating? Was it intense? Was it actually like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to cave in to the experience and just let go. Yeah. I mean, it was all of those things. I was mostly expecting just like super, I guess I didn't really know what to expect, but going in, like for those of you out there who have done a sound bath, you know what it's like, but I didn't know. I think I didn't understand like how all encompassing it would be. Like, I felt like it was really loud at first, but then I started to realize that that loudness is what, like that level is part of it because that starts to kind of like inhabit your body. Like, I just felt like, I don't even know how to describe it. It was, it was a crazy feeling though. And it was definitely relaxing. <laughs> really cool. Really cool. Got to get AJ <laughs> signed up here. I'm down. Next time I'm in the area, I'm down. Yeah. So you own a physical location, right? Like that sounds like an expensive startup cost. Talk about like how you got that going, like why a physical location? Very good question. I am not opposed to the online classes. I think that is definitely necessary because everyone's practice is different. For me personally, I discovered yoga as a community. So I made friends um, in the yoga community. I I learned from all these different in-person classes. And for myself, that's my best motive of actually learning. Um, And when you teach, you also learn. So when one teaches, two learn, at least. So having a physical location was more so a personal preference for me. Um, and I, you know, I, I discovered San Pedro, um, last year, it's kind of a gem in a very, very busy hustling and bustling city in Los Angeles. It is. Um, 
Big San Pedro <laughs> fans, right here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're still discovering new places every day. So uh, in the area. And I was actually um, I was actually looking for a place to rent. Um, but a lot of the places in San Pedro just happened to be um, they, they've, there's been a lot of tenants who've been here for a while and um, really the remodeling would cost just as much. Um, and if it wasn't my own place, um, I would feel like the 15 years of saving and working towards uh, my, my dream in the corporate world, in essence, I didn't want that to potentially be taken away from me. Mm-hmm. So uh, we discovered, my husband and I discovered a place for a sale uh, as we were searching for like a property to have a brick and mortar, essentially. Um, and at first, when I saw it, it was this transportation office and they had walls up, it was tile, it was carpet, all the things that you would not expect or envision in a yoga studio. Wasn't bright as as bright. Um, And, you know, the the previous owner had it for like 16 years. So um, went to see it in person and saw the potential that that it could be with just a little bit of TLC. Um, A lot of uh, sweat equity went into it. So rather than um, hiring any contractor and everything. We did a lot of the, um, the facelift, if you will, of the place ourselves, my husband. Yeah, you did. You guys wow. were hard workers. Follow yeah. her on Instagram and see those updates. <laughs> so you saved up your own money for this dream. That's amazing. Yeah. 15 years guys, 15 years. And what's the startup cost for something like this? If someone's looking to get into this industry? Yeah. Um, it really depends. I will, I mean, I'm no expert, I would say in uh, all things yoga studios because every, everybody's studio has their own character in it. Then when you start to bring on yoga teachers and students, they, their energy and their vibe kind of plays out in the studio at the end of the day. For myself personally, um, our, our place, um, I will, uh, the, I think the remodeling, they wanted to charge us like somewhere around 80 to 100K just for like a facelift. Oh my we, God. we spent maybe 30. So we saved about 50 grand. Um, That's awesome. and, and, um, and the, the actual, the actual studio, obviously it's a mortgage. So we pay a specific mortgage, which probably would have equaled the same amount that I would have paid for like a monthly lease anyways. Right. Um, so to, to start the business, um, I, uh, the only loan that I took was the mortgage, <laughs> And everything else is um, is really just the revenue that comes in from the students, um, and really the space that it brings. So that's kind of that's that's the fortunate thing that we have with the studio. Yeah, that's awesome. I think AJ. I don't know what happened to him, but yeah, we'll just exactly. we'll just continue. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I'm curious with your background as a director of operations, how has that kind of informed how you've been able to? I'm sure like that's come in handy when you're figuring out how to launch this business, putting all the pieces into place, I guess, how has that helped you in this whole process of starting your yoga studio? Yeah. Um, as an operator, I am very, very detail oriented and I think follow through and follow-ups is probably the most important aspect of any operations lead or person in any industry, healthcare, retail, fitness, what have you. So that that skill set is, in my opinion, trans- transferable. For me, how that panned out is um, a lot of trial and error, obviously. I think that's kind of necessary. But I, I discovered, um, you know, ways to interview even 
something as simple as our platform of choice for scheduling. Um, so the platform that we use, I've interviewed a lot of different tech companies and something that I currently do in my, in my role as a, as a director of operations, where we meet vendors, we ask questions, what is the return on the investment if we were to invest in something like that? Um, and what can we get out of it? Because I never want to bring on a platform that I'm not going to use all of its features. Um, another thing is keep it simple, stupid has always been sort of <laughs> that in the back background for me. Love that. Yeah. Great philosophy. <laughs> so I, I, I try to be minimalistic um, on some of the things that is foundational for the studio. So um, even when we were remodeling the studio to make it what it is today, we needed to put the piping in place and the foundations and all of that first, the flooring, rather than jumping soon to the fun stuff, like picking paint color, picking the types of yoga mats that we want. Um, so following that type of uh, trajectory was more simple for me because of my background and my experience. Yeah, that makes total sense. Did you always have this thought that you wanted to be an entrepreneur, that you wanted to run your own business, or was it not until you kind of had that stint in the corporate world and continue to see and develop that, that passion of yours? I think definitely the latter. I'd say probably 80% the latter, 20%. You know, I have some entrepreneurs in my family. My brother opened his own dental practice. My dad opened a restaurant when I grew up um, and my family owned a restaurant. I was working since I was like 11 and a half years old. My dad opened the restaurant when we were 10, when I was 10. Um, and I've been working. I mean, he used to pay me like a dollar an hour, every hour that I worked. Yeah. I worked. Yeah. I worked like, I probably worked a solid, at least six hours every single day after work and then the weekend. So for an 11 and a half year old, that was a lot of money at the end of every month. Totally. Um, yeah. So um, I, I think I wouldn't feel comfortable without the skill set that I've had working in healthcare and as in, in all of my roles, um, opening my own studio uh, if I didn't have that experience. But it also takes a little bit of a leap of faith. And I think that comes from genetics and what runs in my family. Yeah, that actually leads me to this question that we ask all the time on our podcast. Do you think entrepreneurs are born or bred? Like, can they be made or... Is it a characteristic that you have just in you from a young age? I can only speak on my own experience. And I will say the experience level is very, very helpful in building the confidence. At the end of the day, uh, the confidence and resource, right? So at the end of the day, it, it's, it is this leap of faith that you have to take. Um, because um, like for myself, I, I could have probably opened it way earlier than 2021. Um, but there's a lot of fear. There's that imposter syndrome. Am I doing this the right thing? Am I leaving a stable job to move into something that could fail? Am I willing to take that risk? And I think that that bit of hope and that bit of um, that leap of faith, if you will, that comes from within. Yeah, from my opinion. Yeah, totally. it totally it totally is scary. And how did you? I guess was there what was the ultimate thing that got you past that fear and actually helped you to open the business finally? Honestly, I think the pandemic created a lot of reflection time for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I think um, for, for me, I, I didn't want to, I, I was, I was spending almost 200% every single day being on um, with work, with another person's vision, with another company's vision. 
And I, you know, quite honestly, there were moments where I was frustrated because I wanted to make certain decisions. I wanted to make certain calls. And even in my role, um, it was, it was challenging because you're supporting somebody else's vision and there's nothing wrong with that. If stability and, and that is not, it, that is more important for you in terms of building that, that network for yourself. For me, after being in the corporate world for 15 years, it didn't feel right anymore. It didn't feel like I connected with another person's vision and mm-hmm. over my own. I totally get that. I feel like that was the biggest thing for me too, is like, why am I helping these people with their passion when like I have my own? Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. So what keeps you up at night now as a new entrepreneur? Um, right now I, um, I'm trying, to, what keeps me up at night is really building my website. Um, and really updating it, uh, researching the market, all the things that I probably would do for another company if I was working for somebody else, um, researching what is, um, what is desirable for the people that I want to attract to the studio um, and, and, and testing it. So, you know, I, on social media, will post certain things like, do you prefer these types of classes or do you prefer those types of classes? What kind mm-hmm. of schedule do you Smart. think you would like? Um, would you be interested in coming to try out our studio if we provide free classes? Um, so, so those types of things are keeping me up at night. It's more of the tactical stuff, not necessarily like I can't sleep at night because I'm stressed anymore. Um, well, that's so, good. That's, yeah. <laughs> so, so it's more like phase. I have a lot of stuff to get done. Yes. I have a lot of check boxes. I need to, I have a lot of to-do items. I'm a to-do lister. Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel that. I have a whole list. Um, so speaking of like marketing and finding your ideal client, how do you do that? What are your primary, I guess, channels for attracting potential students, clients that you want to get there? Yeah. So um, we, I mean, social media, obviously, Instagram, Facebook, uh, we just opened our Facebook, Google business, um, a lot of business just based on SEO um, type of marketing. And, um, and I guess more recently, we are on Nextdoor, which is, I've just learned, is a very awesome app to learn what is going on in your neighborhood. Yes. Yeah. I also, I also volunteer. So I teach uh, for, at, at the Beacon House every Saturday, every other Saturday, or I sub sometimes as well. Um, so it's, it's nice to build that community as well for those who, who need it. Um, so I volunteer with the Phoenix. They are, um, a sober, um, recovery program, um, That's volunteering. Nice. Yeah. And I think, uh, fitness is a very, very desirable class for them to be able to expel some energy. And really, I think yoga yeah. helps, helps bring yoga them in particular. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, in so- January, we are actually going to be, um, we're actually going to be opening our studio at least once every two weeks or even maybe once a month to have that uh, volunteer community be able to visit our studio and, um, and really partner in that way too. Love that. You might be able to get some clients that way too. I know that's not why you're doing it, but it could be good in that sense. For sure. Uh, What about, what about your team? Who's on your team? Um, So right now in terms of my, my team. I just have yoga teachers. I have a, t- a team of four um, who teach based on their own particular schedule. So I have myself. Um, so I teach uh, classes in the evening time and some weekends. 
Um, when I am done with uh, my corporate position, that ends actually in about 20 days. I'm counting. But who's counting? Counting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it ends in 20 days. Um, I will be increasing my um, availability for classes. Um, I also have a really excellent teacher. Her name's Jessie. Shout out to Jessie, uh, who I actually used to go to her classes when I lived in downtown LA. When she she teaches at her another studio and um, she branched off to do her own thing, her own yoga um, experience and immersion in her own home. And I started going to her events and I was a little bit shy at first asking her, but I was like, you know what, YOLO, I'm just going to ask you. I asked her if she would be interested in teaching classes here. And I learned from that, that someone who is as experienced and someone I learned so much from and really inspired me to continue practicing and really building the strength in my practice who's willing to, to, to teach at my brand new studio, um, it really made me realize that a lot of people, a lot of teachers are out there. So she's definitely been kind of like a really good soundboard for me. She teaches every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. And we're doing like a, um, a, um, an event every month, the, the third Saturday of every month for, um, you know, a really great meditative sound bath yoga experience. Oh, cool. So That's AJ, awesome. That's your opportunity. Jump on that sound bath. Yeah, I'm interested. Seriously. So how do you, so as you grow your studio, kind of, you're obviously doing most everything by yourself right now. Um, and, and those yoga teachers that you have come in and, and teach the classes, I guess, do you have a strategy for finding team members that you connect with? Like what would be, if you were to bring on people to help you with like the operation side, but even more yoga teachers or wellness teachers, how would you, how do you choose them? Do you have a process that, that ensures that you kind of align um, and, and, they'll, and you'll be successful together? Yeah. So another one of my teachers name is Marky. She's actually the one who did the sound bath that you went to, Caitlin. I actually met her through my own yoga teacher training. Um, so she was part of my cohort uh, when I got certified as a yoga teacher. Um, moving forward, I actually have an audition process. So I do, I, I posted on social media about the, anyone interested in becoming a yoga teacher to teach at our studio, you know, DM me or send me an email. Um, and we set up an audition process. So they will come in and really guide us either an hour long, 75 minutes, whatever style of yoga they like to teach or even fitness. Um, so I have a couple of Pilates teachers, not Pilates, not the performers, Pilates teachers who are interested as well. Um, and dance teachers, there's some, uh, I have a, another teacher who is superstar. Um, she is a contemporary dancer and she um, is planning to teach at least once a month as well. So based on their schedule, I, um, right now, because it's so, my, my studio is so new, um, I have a lot more availability for for classes. So if uh, right now, if they were to come in and audition and, you know, we, it's not just about your technique or your, your style, it's about the vibe and your energy as well, because it's an inclusive environment. So um, from that audition, it kind of gives me a window into who they might be um, and how they want to run their classes, because I allow a lot of autonomy for them too. So that's, that's in essence, how we're doing it today. Um, it can evolve just because we want to adapt. Um, especially when our, when our uh, yoga class schedule starts to fill up or our class schedule for the studio fills up, we may be a little bit more limited in uh, who mm -hmm. we can. No, that makes sense. 
Can you talk a little bit about your business model? I know it kind of seems obvious. I'm, I'm assuming you're making money through members and classes, but I'm sure there are other avenues you can go and other things you're thinking. So I'd love yeah. to hear more about that. For sure. Um, the funny thing is the Hello Collective, the name actually started because I wanted my husband and I, who's an, and he's an engineer. Um, we actually uh, have this preliminary idea of a yoga accessory. So that kind of propelled all of it, all of this. Oh. Yeah. So um, I, I woke up one day and I was like, you know, I don't think this yoga accessory exists. And um, it's, it's basically a very uh, minimal, minimalistic yoga block that is hollow. Um, and it can, you know, it's, it's multifunctional, I guess, if you will, without sharing too much proprietary information. Because right. Built yet. <laughs> um, it was called the hollow block. And so from there, um, we built the CAD models for it. We're working on um, actually creating the, the first uh, demo or model of it. Oh my gosh. Um, and, and so that, that's kind of what propelled that, that this entire uh, experience for myself and my family. Um, so that's, that's one thing we're working on. Another thing is because the space is quite large, um, the space that we, the studio space is actually like a, there's like a full lounge upstairs and everything that I'm building out. Um, the space itself is also open for rental. Um, funny thing, just today, I actually got reached out to for, um, for filming for an actual sporting company that wanted to use the yoga studio as a, oh. a way to, to market and also film. That's cool. So that, that is, um, that, that seemed that actually ended up being like a revenue source that I was not expecting. Um, but it's kind of nice because it opened doors outside of just yoga and wellness. Yeah, that's awesome. And so do, will you have, I'm assuming you'll have like membership based, like you'll buy a package of classes or you'll become like a full-time member. Um, yeah, that work. Yeah. So for new students, how we attract new students, we have um, a two week unlimited class for a very, very affordable economical cost just to get the experience and really join the community in essence of the classes that we have live. Um, we also have, you know, the five class package membership, the 10 class package membership, unlimited uh, membership as well. So any class you want to come to that was available, if you purchase that package, um, you can join any of those classes. Um, so that's outside of the volunteer. That's, that's definitely pure business, um, side of, side of mm -hmm. things. Yeah, totally. And so I guess something interesting that we like to talk to our guests about is location. So obviously you're based here in LA, specifically in San Pedro, love our little town. Do you feel like this town is optimal for a young starting small business? Do you feel like that played a role in why you chose to have it here versus maybe in like downtown LA or further South or North or whatever? For sure. I, I, I mean, yoga is for everyone. Um, and really San Pedro, if you've ever, if you haven't been here yet, um, it is a, a town that I've quickly learned is a place where people who were born here or moved here, they don't leave. So it does have that kind of like a small town vibe. Um, but in, in the heart of a very large port area. Right. Um, and when, when we were starting our business, when I was starting my business, I did research, like what other yoga studios are around here? What's the radius of students that I could potentially attract to my studio? Is there competition in the area? 
Um, and sure enough, when I was looking up yoga studios, the, the closest one is probably like, I want to say 10 to 15 blocks away from, from where, where we are located. And there is another, yoga studio. yeah, another yoga studio that is not for long. Um, <laughs> there is another yoga studio down the street that is actually closing down. I, I learned very quickly. Um, so, you know, wow. this is like an opportune time. And I think with the pandemic, it, it just kind of everything. I mean, I believe in divine timing. So everything just kind of fell into place. Um, I kind of sometimes feel like I dreamt it to fruition. So um, spoke I, it, I manifested it. <laughs> you know what? That's the best way. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Like how your spirituality and manifestations have helped you so far in life and business? Yeah, um, I am. A, a, I'm an analyst <laughs> at at the core. I overanalyze everything. Um, I uh, definitely plan for the worst and hope for the best. But I also think that um, people's actions, such as my own, sort of move towards a direction that I'm thinking of or speaking of. So even if I let's just say 15 years ago, you know, rewind 15 years ago when I got my first job. As a, as a receptionist really in the healthcare world, I probably thought about like, what do I wanna do, but not really acted on it. But every decision or every core action that I've moved since then, now that I'm a little bit older and more mature, um, has moved towards something that was more personal for me. And so when I think about like manifesto, like I, I definitely manifest what I want. Um, and, you know, not be disappointed by things that maybe didn't happen for you or didn't land, land in your plate, because that's how we grow. Um, if you didn't get something that you wanted in, before, maybe what can you do? What, where's the gap? Um, and this is something that I also uh, uh, coach with my current team where I am and all the people that I've interacted with who have coached me in essence as well, that um, what is in the gap? What is, what, is gonna, what is keeping you from moving forward with what you want and what you need? And if it is, um, if it's something that is so far-fetched, how do you break it up into smaller, more attainable goals? Um, it's simple, but it, but it works. And it, I think it's something that um, a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of really people operators um, need to do to be able to feel productive in anything that they do. Because if the goal is way too large and obscure, it may feel like it's not attainable. But if you break it down and sparse it out a little bit, maybe it will be. That's so true. Totally. It's all about the step-by-step. I feel like if you have this huge goal every day and that's all you have, it's, it's overwhelming. It's like, how the heck do I get there? Yeah. Um, that's a beautiful piece of advice. So what happens when you get discouraged? Like when you run into a challenge, how do you overcome that? How do you keep going and stay motivated? I scream at a pillow. (laughs) Solid. (laughs) Yeah. Sound baths, you know? Yeah. (laughs) working in the wellness industry really helps de-stress. Um, but all jokes aside, I, um, I think just having a good support system. So I mentioned my husband several times, um, and he is definitely a, a rock that keeps me motivated. Hey, you didn't get it this time, but the, here's what we can do. Remember, remember what our goals are um, and, and go back to the basics. Um, and Love obviously it. my family. So I have a good a good solid uh, support group there as well. I'm really close to my siblings. We, we overcame a lot of adversity growing up um, in a, a very low income family. And, um, you know, my brother, who is also an entrepreneur, just I, I ask him for advice a lot of times too, because he's 
he's gone through a lot of challenges himself and overcome um, some struggles opening his own uh, business. So really just being able to network with your support system um, and really being open to, um, to, to connecting with others who are just like yourself, um, who have gone through your own struggles. I, I listened to some, I learned something recently. I don't know if you guys know who Yogi Roth is. He's like a, a sports um, anchor. I don't think so. Yeah, he, he said something in, um, in a webinar that I, a seminar that I attended. Um, and he said he is someone who learns all of these experiences only to give them all away. So you obtain and you attain any, as many experiences as you can in life, and then you give them away. And so I really I like resonate that. with that. I, I totally resonated with that because I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't have the confidence to go for something like this. Um, I wouldn't even have the confidence to resign from a company, um, from, from climbing this ladder for however long I have. Right. Um, That's scary. If I didn't talk to other people who basically shared their experiences with me and me seeing like, Hey, if you can do it, what's the, what's the, what's the worst that could happen? If I fail, then I've learned, um, at least I'm falling, failing forward. Love that. that. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, you scream into a pillow. At least you don't scream at your husband. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I'm curious, you mentioned him quite a bit and he's worked with you a little bit with your business, like helping you build out your space. What role has he played in helping out, helping your business? And what's it been like working with your spouse? Um, Great question. Uh, Michael is his name. He is, he is a mechanical engineer. So he has been a mechanical engineer for quite some time. Um, and he just has the, he has the eye for what potential can look like. So when I talked about looking at the space that used to be this transportation office, the first thing that I saw when I walked in, I was like, hell to the no, like, this is not going to work. This is not a yoga studio. Um, <laughs> it's hard to visualize. Yeah, it, it is hard. But he said, no, give it a chance. Um, these walls are unpermitted walls that we can knock down. They need to come down anyways. And then that opens up this space. You can look at this staircase here and put equipment under there. So so he he actually encouraged me to give this space another shot. Um, So, you know, him working in the field, knowing what's permitted, what is a permitted wall? I didn't even know what that was. Um, So having that resource is definitely helpful for sure. Um, It also, I mean, it also allowed me to be a handyman myself, a handywoman. Um, And to answer your question, AJ, um, working with my spouse is, it's, it's, it has its challenges because at the end of the day, I I know that he sees that this is, this is Nancy's studio. I only, I can only provide so much input, but she's going to do what she's going to do at the end of the day. And if it fails, she's going to come to me and I'm going to still be here for her. So. That's cool. That's really great to have that level of support. Yeah, Yeah, it's huge. So you had mentioned like that your childhood wasn't always rainbows and and unicorns. I just put those words in your mouth. But (laughs) um, as far as like struggles you had growing up um, coming from a lower income family, talk to us about that and how that shaped you as an entrepreneur and how that, I guess, motivates you to to keep going. Yeah. Um, interesting. A lot of people don't want to really ask me about my childhood. So it's nice to be able to share. 
Um, my dad, uh, he was in, he fought in the war in Vietnam. Um, and then we, my, both my parents, uh, were refugees coming over from the motherland from Vietnam over to the States. So, um, they really started from scratch. My mom had like less than $20 in her pocket. Wow. Um, my dad, when I was four, my dad actually became a prisoner of war because he actually went back to Vietnam to still try to fight for freedom and democracy in a country that is was now is now you know ran by socialist society and that, wow. that really, yeah that didn't really vibe well with him <laughs> so he went back he got caught um, and he was in prison for six years of my life. Oh my um, god! My mom actually was a single mom of four for six years of her life, so I saw her struggles. I saw her trying to do her best. And, you know, my, my oldest sister, who was a nurse, she was the first one in our family to go to college. And had it not been for her, I don't think my brother, my sister and myself would be as motivated to go to college and really strive for this American dream, not for ourselves, but for our parents. She set the tone. Love that. Wow. I have chills. (laughs) People don't really know that when they see me, they're like, you're you don't look like someone who came from nothing. <laughs> wow. And like, look how well you've done for yourself and like built this dream life. I mean, it's really inspiring to see that because. Still working you know, on it. Still work- <laughs> I mean, you're doing a pretty good job making your dreams come to fruition. So I think that's yeah, really inspiring. And just, just your dad being so brave and going back when he didn't have to, like, that must make you feel so resilient and like unstoppable. Yeah, I think um, it's definitely uh, inspiring. He is someone who just TCOB takes care of business. Um, He doesn't depend on anyone really. Um, And he calls me sometimes just to be like, hey, you haven't called in a while. Are you alive? (laughs) Um, But he, but you know, he is definitely, um, he is someone who I look up to, uh, to go for something that is beyond yourself. And to to really look out for those who can't look out for themselves. And I think that's probably why I I choose to volunteer as well, because um, we, we, it's, it's gratifying. It's gratifying to be able to serve in some way. And I think I get that from not just my dad, my mom too. She served in her own way to take care of us uh, without the support that I luckily have today with my husband uh, for a, a good chunk of her life. So Um, My my parents really, they ingrained these morals that I didn't realize I had until I was older. Wow. That's awesome. That's really, really cool to hear. Um, So kind of as we like to ask this, because obviously you have a lot of experience so far, just like starting from scratch, building this studio, like you've literally built it, like you did all the handiwork. What I guess so far in your journey, would you say is your biggest piece of advice for someone who maybe has this similar dream or completely unrelated, but wants to start their own thing? Um, What would you say to them? Um, I would say don't compromise um, from all the noise. I think something that I've learned is that everyone has a specific style that they like, and you can include it for sure, in different avenues, such as creating a space for a schedule for specific teachers, maybe other te- yoga teachers who want to open their own studio, maybe who wants to do their own immersive experience as well. Um, and that's totally fine. And it's, it's, it's great. Um, 
But I think the biggest part is this is this is my passion. It's my dream. And anyone who's interested in following their passion, their dreams, it is easy to waver sometimes when someone's like, hey, you should do this. Hey, have you thought about creating this type of membership? And that can be a little bit overwhelming. And yeah, there's a lot of opinions coming at a lot you. Of opinions, a lot of noise, kind of like when you're planning a wedding. So mm-hmm. I don't know. So true. Caitlin knows yeah. that. Caitlin knows that. Yeah, for sure. Congratulations, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's kind of like planning a wedding. Um, there's going to be the in-laws who have uh, an opinion. There's going to be a lot of people who've been married before or have tried something similar who is going to give you an opinion. And if it doesn't resonate with you, if it doesn't feel right, don't do it. Um, but if it feels like if it, if it does resonate with you, um, there's something in yoga that I learned. It's totally okay to copy in yoga because that's, that's how one teaches and to learn. Um, that's how I started to, I started to pick and choose certain things that I've learned from other teachers. And I created my own character, my own style that I now have transferred over into the studio. So what I hope to achieve from anyone walking into the studio is even if you haven't met me or taken one of my classes that you'll see that it's a welcoming space because I do feel like I want it to be approachable because I see myself at myself as someone who is an approachable human being. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. So far. <laughs> so far, so good. <laughs> so, all right, last question here. We always uh, bring this up in various ways. You sort of touched on uh, college and what it's done for you, but uh, looking back and going to college, where did you go? Did you go to UCLA, USC? Yes. Okay, UCLA grad. Congratulations, great school. So, how has that prepared you, if at all, for this role as an entrepreneur? Um, networking, I think. The ability to, yeah, the ability to communicate in a way that gets you what you need in a clear, concise and compelling way oftentimes. Um, And really the confidence, because I'm the youngest of four, grew up in a low income family, like I mentioned before, and really just branching off on my own, um, helped me discover who I want to be. Not necessarily, I haven't discovered who I am yet, but discovered who I want to be and who I want to strive to become. And it was the place, the founding place where I discovered yoga to begin with. Right. That's yeah. huge. So it obviously played a massive role in yeah. your life. Wow. Well, Nancy, this has been amazing. Where can people find you and info about your studio? Yeah. Um, so we are on social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, uh, next door, just at the hollow collective, um, T H E H O L O collective. <laughs> Um, and our website, theholocollective.com. But we are in San Pedro, brick and mortar. Our schedule is live. Memberships are live. So free, feel free to come check us out. Yeah, come hang out. Awesome. I just followed you. <laughs> Thanks. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Nancy. This has been a lot of fun. Um, and you're very inspiring. So yeah, thank you. Likewise, awesome. it's been an honor. I really appreciate both of you. And AJ, nice to meet you. I can't wait yeah, to- Yeah, I'll see you in your studio. Wow she's really inspired. I had no oh idea. My. I live, oh. I live right by her and I had no idea about most of these things. That's why I love this podcast. I know. I can't believe her. I heard story about her dad. I'm going to, that's going to be ingrained in my mind forever. Like that's amazing. Yeah. A guy with principles. He's like, no, I'm not, I don't like what's going on here. I'm right. going to go back to and the chaos. Did something about <laughs> yeah. it. Wow. wow. That's crazy. She was awesome. Yeah, that was great. Um, well, you'll have to come down here for a sound bath slash yoga class soon. Yeah, can't wait. Uh, the Hollow Collective. All right, All right, well, we will see you soon, folks. All right, bye, folks. <laughs>
Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the 40 Under 40 podcast with Caitlin Cromit and AJ McQuarrie. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate that effort, and we'll catch you in the next episode.